Biggest Bad Boys Podcast presents Matt Michaels People I Don't Hate Hey everybody, Matt Michaels here on the Biggest Bad Boys Podcasting and today I am lucky enough to be joined by one of the more controversial people uh here in las vegas itself um there are some uh stories and some uh things to get talking about uh what happened two years ago here in las vegas and um mr kyle hawk is with us kyle how are you doing hey man how's it going it's uh it's going good um you know, before we get into uh, what happened here, uh, you know, in the past, uh, it's been about two years or so now uh, since there's uh, been some uh, controversy going on with you here in Vegas. But right now, I want to get into something that I think is very important. November here is Native American Heritage Month. Um, it's something that is very important that gets overlooked a lot or people don't know about it and um i think it's you know it's time that the shine of what the native americans do for our country um that gets overlooked um and including yourself uh, serving in our military um what does it mean to you to be part of just such a deep culture and um and also bringing that culture into your wrestling uh, uh you know it's like you're one of the few guys who are still around who actually does uh use your heritage in a in a good way for um showing people uh how you know, Native American culture is 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 uh, is shining in the in the country. Uh, first and foremost, let me stop you right there. Yeah. Or if you're done talking, whatever. Um, saying how to a Native American, a pale face. Saying how to a Native American. That's offensive, Matt. That hurts my feelings. Thought we were cool, man. Thought we were close. I'm just kidding, man. I'm not. I'm not. Mad. That's just. A, that's just a joke. Uh, please, again, doesn't offend me at all. Whatever. Blah blah blah. But, uh, I, uh, I didn't even. I didn't know, even know I said it, brother. <laughs> yeah, I know. Nobody does. That's that's like the joke I like today. Like we're like, hey man, how you doing? I'm like, man, why are you saying how? I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, you're gonna say how to a Native American? Oh my God, I'm so sorry. It's like, bro, I'm fucking. With you. Don't worry. It's like I'm joking. It's a, it's a joke. Don't take it serious. Um. To go back to what you said earlier before we talk about uh, to talk about uh, November being Native American Heritage Month, um, you know what? We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the Speak Out movement. We're going to talk about all the drama that had at FS, happened at FSW. Um, I waited two years to say this, and I waited two years to, you know, um, I had to eat shit. I had to go through a lot. And you know what? Maybe it's my turn to tell my story. So, yeah, um, yeah we're going to talk about that. And um, But – uh, to answer your question about Native American Heritage Month, uh, it is definitely uh, I would I would use the term overlooked or underlooked or um, not talked about. Um, again, um, being Native American is is a very proud heritage that I that I succumb to be. Um, a lot of people don't understand the struggles of native americans especially on the reservation or off the reservation and stuff but like we don't have a good life we don't have you know the luxuries that you guys have and um you know i i can sit here and play the pissing game with you guys or who suffer first but in all reality you know like everybody in my opinion everybody every ethnicity has their own country they have a, their own place to go uh if they don't like it here then they can always go back us we this is our country. This yeah. this was our home before everybody else came. And it was taken away from us. And unfortunately, like I like I like the term. I saw this on a shirt the other day. It said Columbus didn't discover America. Native Americans <laughs> discovered Columbus. And yeah. I I <laughs> I love it. Um but 
a lot of our traditions and our history are not really taught. Uh, they don't really tell the truth about our our stuff in in public schools and stuff. They always say, you know, Columbus came and you know um, had Thanksgiving with the Native Americans. They never, you know, go into detail of what happened, what really happened. You know, right? The rape, the pilgering, the enslaving, and you know, just all the bad stuff. And I can go back on and on, but again, I know it's not going to do anything. But I feel like I need to educate you guys on our history because i feel like our lives matter too you know like i feel like we should have a say so and we should be you know uh having the spotlight just like every other ethnicity you know what i mean like well um, and and i think you brought up a good point because you said the schooling and right now the you know the big thing that is getting the attention is um the teaching of the critical race theory and What's very interesting to me is that that's centered around, you know, black culture and in slavery. And there is no teaching of the oppression and the genocide of, you know, the Native Americans um, that, like you said, this is their homeland. And yet it was invaded and there's you know at least they're debating critical race theory now but you guys don't even get the debate you're not even brought into it um how can that change how can we figure out a way to incorporate more of that into the teaching of the youth because if it doesn't get better if the if the ignorance is still there then it's only going to become more uh, impoverished and, um, you know, more looked down upon, I think, uh, by the next generations of, you know, white kids going through school. Uh, you know, like you said, just learning about Thanksgiving. And that's, that's fucking it. And it really is just pisses me off to no end that it's not there. What, how do we do that? How do we change that, man? Uh, honestly, I think the first step in change is for we as Native Americans, uh, I think we just need to come out of the shadows, man. I think, uh, we just been in, in hiding too long. And like this year, I've realized we've been kind of getting like little steps to get our, ourselves over in the sense, um, you know, we, we finally got a cool uh, Netflix show called uh, Reservation Dogs. On yes. And uh, for people who haven't checked it out, please watch it because uh, that's pretty much what it's like on a reservation. I mean, yeah. uh, again, I'm not trying to have a pissing contest with every ethnicity or every uh, color, culture or whatever. But growing up with that res, it's it's tough, man. Like it's it sucks. You know, the. Uh, the government sent us to a reservation, which is just a little piece of land. And, you know, that's, that's our home, that's our land, but we're not allowed to go or we weren't allowed to go to go uh, explore other places and stuff. You know, yeah. if we did, we had to like uh, convert to uh, their society. You know, we had to cut our hair. We had to change our names. We had to get Christian names. We had to do like a bunch of other stuff. We had to literally kill the Indian or Native American inside of us just to be a part of their society. And in all reality, you know, like uh, no matter how hard we try to be a part of the society, it's still not going to accept us. It's right. still not going to let us be a part of it. I mean, because to us, like, I don't know if you know this, but did you know in the Declaration of Independence, we are known as merciless Indian savages? Wow. It is wow. it is written in the Declaration of Independence. And if you guys don't believe me, please educate yourselves wow. and look up look look it up. But it says in the Declaration of Independence. And that's like the most um well educated thing that that's being taught in school, but it's not it's clearly not showing like the negative of it. There's always they're always showing the positives or you know, whatever. But I mean, um it's it's hard to it's also hard too to be labeled as, you know, like everyone who's not educated with Native American history, whoever what they have, whatever they've seen on TV, and you know, like heard stories about, 
they already uh, stereotype us as like, you know, we have to wear war paint, headdress, uh, <laughs> needs all that stuff. Yeah. Like we, we have to look a certain part just to be Indian. And yeah. it's like, no, man, like <laughs> we, we should be able to adapt to any like culture or whatever. We want to look what we want to look like or how we feel like, you know, right. Um, but it's already, you know, again, you get a lot of those, you know, Pocahontas jokes, a lot of those, um, like just, uh, degrading stuff that it just kind of like makes us bitter. It makes us not like want to be a part of the society. And now I understand, like, I, I kind of have a better understanding, especially through the professional wrestling scene. Um, like there's none of us in there that much. There's no Native Americans in it and it's sad and it sucks. And I wish, you know, we could change that. And that's what I'm trying to do. But I mean, the ones that we do have in there, it's just, it, it sucks. I mean, um, because yeah. I feel like there should be more of us. So, yeah. Um, but like I said, the first step is I think we need to step up, come out of the shadows, change it, uh, tell our stories, tell them. And that's why I love that show because it tells all of our stories of yeah. on the reservation. That's how it is. Um, I feel like, you know, we should get the national news attention or national variety of our culture and our heritage. And, you know, we should. You know, I know there's some Native Americans that are uh, entering Congress, which is pretty good. Yeah. I think you know we should keep going around that route or having you know positive aspects and stuff like that. I'm not saying we should run the country or anything, but I feel like we should get an equal opportunity, just like everyone else. Absolutely, I think that's that's a hundred percent. You know, when I was in college, um, I had a professor Randy Reinholds uh, and his wife Jean Bruce Scott, um, Jean she was uh on airwolf um she was one of the uh the leads on airwolf back in the 80s and randy was a you know guy who did movies here and there television periods and soap operas that type of stuff one of the things they brought to us in the mid 90s when they started there was um native voices um which uh it was amazing because what they would do is they would take playwrights and they would bring them in for a week and us as uh students we'd be cast in these plays uh, and we would do these readings and it was phenomenal there's so many good stories like you're talking about with uh, reservation dogs and they took uh they moved to uh, san diego and they took that concept brought it to the autry museum in uh in burbank california and now the native voices uh festival it's it's getting a lot more uh exposure a lot more attention uh on a bigger scale for the stories from native americans who are playwrights and um it's you know it's it's fabulous to see because i think that we get all the other subculture you know like um you see a lot of exposure to let's say um samoan culture uh especially with a guy like the rock you know being one of the biggest Hollywood stars, right? Um, and it's really, it's, I think it's a missing point right now um, where you need those Native American voices. And it's interesting to see how far, let's say, the the Asian voices have come in the last 10 years. Do you think that this could possibly be, like you said, little steps are being taken? You yourself are, you know, in the wrestling business, taking those steps for a wider exposure, a better storytelling opportunity. Do you think that those steps are in place that let's say about five years from now or so that we're going to see more mainstreams, especially, you know, reservation dogs really is kicking the door open. Do you think we're going to get more of those stories from the perspective? And, um, is, is that something you would be interested in actually doing too, is, you know, getting involved in and in being in uh, productions uh, that tells the, tell the stories of uh, the culture and, and uh, you know, even what yourself you went through, which would be a fascinating story to tell. Yeah. I mean, I, I have gotten into the context of them. So like, and I've like wrote an email and pitched an idea to for an episode of Reservation Dogs or whatever, but the idea that I had and then that they uh, responded to was 
I wanted to uh, do an episode where uh, what it's like in professional wrestling as a Native American or, um, you know, like there's no one down and there's always like a white guy or someone, a Puerto Rican, Hispanic, half black, whatever. They're always trying to be a Native American, but they're doing like the, you know, like the TV version or right. the insult version of us. And, you know, I want to see how the res kids react to that. Or the other the other idea was the same concept, a Native American in professional wrestling, but he forgets his people and gets more uh, more in tune with like being rich, being famous. And then he becomes like the term is an apple, which is red on the outside, but white on the inside. <laughs> So, like, I definitely would like to, like, portray and act in that or even, yeah. you know, be a, a producer or a screenwriter or, you know, something. I, I don't know. I'd like to be definitely would love to be a part of that. Um, for you guys who don't know, but I was a part of the HBO series, uh, The Righteous Gemstones with Danny yeah. McBride, John Goodman. And, um, you know, they... Uh, the the they the idea was for season two to come out if you guys haven't watched season one please watch it yeah. um but season two uh it should be coming out either it's already been out or uh it should be coming out shortly but right. i am on it i'm in i'm in season two episode one and i'll be you know you'll see me you'll definitely be pretty cool i want to i don't want to give too much out but right pretty much John John Goodman's uh, character back in the day when he was a young little rug rat. Uh, he was a professional wrestler known as the Maniac Kid and his arch rival, uh, I think it was uh, John Big Cloud, I think that's the name that I was portrayed or played. Um, you know, I got to play him, so it was yeah. pretty cool. I mean, my first time being in a, uh, a film like that, and especially with HBO series, I yeah. mean, you can't get any better and you know they uh that experience was like a whole cool thing itself i mean you know like um they took care of me they flew me out first class like <laughs> got me like my own place like it was it was i felt like a movie star for like a whole week it was it was awesome and you know the whole cast the whole direction directors they were cool like they were very respectful and i i thank them for the opportunity and they were like not once ever like um they were actually very, very respectful in the for me being a native because they didn't want to really offend me. And, you know, sure. like I told them, like I had to get permission to wear a headdress. So, I mean, as long as you have, they respect that culture, I mean, they're they're cool in my book. And they did everything and anything to uh, to make sure that we didn't insult my people or my heritage. Yeah. My hats are off them. So but as for, you know, like. Um, I think uh, Reservation Dogs is definitely a uh, uh, like it'll kick the door or it's it's already, you know, open the window or open the door for us to like start, you know, coming out. And like, you know, I've 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 seen like, you know, Native American actors or actresses, you know, getting parts here and there, like in the Congress are starting to act like get Congresswomen and stuff like yep. that. And it's it's pretty cool. Like, it's nice to see like us finally get a shine and get the spotlight and stuff. But I hope it'll definitely open up a lot more opportunities for us and stuff and especially for me um <clears throat> i'm not i'm not being cocky i'm not being arrogant i'm not whatever i'm just speaking the truth but i feel like native americans have the best uh storytelling here bar none i mean we we tell it how it is and you know you've seen me in the ring you've seen me as a yeah. good guy you see me as a bad guy either way i tell a fucking story and i can out tell a story anyone here in this uh present day yeah uh i'm not saying you know like i'm not saying like hall of famers or old school wrestlers or future wise or whatever but i feel like present day right now i'm i am you know one of the best storytellers in professional wrestling and i'm native it's because i am native american and of course like i study wrestling and i you know watch a lot of stuff but my my style my my uh my take on Native American, my my uh, Native American gimmick is very very different and has not been seen. So, well, I'm very confident. That's and, and that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up because um, I was watching a match that you sent me, and one of the things that I thought was phenomenal 
was I think the first six minutes of the match was all chain wrestling and grappling and it was telling a story. Now you're wrestling. Who was the guy you were wrestling in that? Video? Um, I think the match you're talking about, I believe is with Damian Chambers. Okay. Uh, shout out to Damian Chambers yeah. He's over here at future great wrestling. Uh, shout out to them for Cody Hawk, giving me an opportunity. I appreciate it. Thank you. Unk. Um, yeah. Um, he's uh, definitely one of the ones to watch in the, in the near future or even watch right now. I think he has like the most um, uh, definitely won't like have like a great opportunity coming up pretty soon. And I hope we get to, I really do, but yeah. Um, if you guys haven't watched the match, please watch it. Uh, go to my YouTube, Kyle Hawk, uh, like subscribe, whatever. So, but that match is on there and you guys can understand what he's telling you. And what Matt is telling you guys, but go ahead. Sorry, Matt. No, that's that's okay. I, I'm glad you you uh, gave that information out because I do encourage people to uh, take a look. And also, what I what I like is the fact that, um, you know, I kind of said you got to use your finisher as a babyface that you really never got to use in Vegas, which is one of the coolest fucking. I, the way to describe it, I would say, is. An aerial DDT, essentially, it it's brilliant, man. What was what was your main motivation? What was it that sparked you to to take you know everything that you do in the ring to the level of finally uh, having it click where you can you know, incorporate the right moves. You can incorporate the right, um, the right feel and, and atmosphere because it seems like you're able now to get that crowd reaction that sometimes you couldn't get here in Vegas, um, which was always a shame because you did more with your work than I think people saw. And I don't know if it, if it was just a assumption of personality um, because you were such a good heel that, you know, it, it almost seems like people went blind to your actual skill in the ring. Um, how have you been able to make that trans transformation into, you know, someone who can go into Ohio Valley and have some damn good matches there or you know go to another part you know go down to Florida go up to Washington how is it that you're finding yourself able to now adapt you know quicker or or stronger to make yourself look good but you're also making the other guys look really good which is so important as well uh first and foremost cuz I'm native american and we adapt to any situation or any, you know, uh, bump in the road that we can do. Uh, no, I'm just joking. Um, honestly, I uh, it took me a while. It really has. It's taken me a long while. But I finally understood the language of uh, pro wrestling. And what I mean by that is, like, um, I can understand what they want, not what I want. If that makes sense. That makes every, uh, yeah. That's that's one of the best statements out of all the episodes that I in interviews that we've done. Um, I think that was one of the best statements that have ever been made. And if you are a young wrestler or even a seasoned veteran, keep that in mind because you just said the key to fucking performing. Yeah, it it has its own language, and once you understand it, once you like learn about it, it it's like you know learning Spanish or learning german learning french you know once you've been in that environment for so long you have to understand the the language to survive or to even get anywhere and you know after being in here for 10 years it, it took me a while you know it it's it, it's just um you know like a lot of like i think al snow shout out to al snow and uh, ohio valley wrestling uh he he told me the statement one time and it really stuck with me but a lot of, a lot of the wrestlers today wrestle for themselves. They wrestle for the boys in the back. They don't wrestle for the, the fans. And I that stuck with me. And like yeah. once I started like learning how to read the language or learning how what 
what makes this guy pissed off or what gets this, you know, kid so happy, you know, you just, it starts to occur and you start to just do it. And like, now everything's not just based about every, it's not about me. It, well, in a way it is about me, but it's mainly about the hard person or the person that's paid their harder dollar just to yeah. watch us for one night and make sure that they get their money's worth. Cause that could be, that can be the 20, like that 10 bucks can be someone's, you know, chump change or that 10 bucks can be someone's last 10 bucks just to watch to get, you know, yeah. they bought all their food and groceries, but they don't have any spending money, but they're going to use that last 10 bucks to go to a live professional wrestling show because they love it. And that's how dedicated they are. Yeah. So I'm going to listen to them and perform for them and not just for me or myself or for the guys in the back or girls in the back. Like, you know, it's, it's about them. And I think sometimes we get lost on that path. You know, we always like, I got to get my shit in. I got to do my shit. Got to I got to make myself look good. Fuck no. Yeah. Just entertain them. Just make yeah. them a part of the show. That's what they all really want. And again, it's I think that's not being taught. And um honestly, I hope I hope it doesn't get taught because I I, I know the secrets <laughs> and I want I want I want to, you know, I want the shine. I want the exposure. I want my I want my spotlight. Yeah. At the same time, it's kind of hard not to tell it because you know, there's 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 shitty people in wrestling and there's good people in wrestling. You're yep. gonna meet both. Yep. And you know, whichever ones you find, you know, it's either gonna be a life lesson or a good relationship. So. And and I think that's interesting too, because like you said, um, kind of keeping it to yourself because it gives you the shine. But what's interesting is the more people who realize that and can speak the language of it, boy, the easier it is to work with different people. Because, yeah, man, I mean, again, man, that is such a key fucking statement. It's true. Um, it, it goes back to even in uh, even in acting, and I'm sure you've experienced that, you know, that it is so much easier when you're looking in the eyes of another person and they're giving you something. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And that that is so tough. Most actors, they, you know, they they're acting. They're acting. No, no, no. You just got to be real. You just got to get that connection. You got to get that feel and be able to play catch with each other, man. And just talk the language, like you said. And yeah, I think that you've just found out the key. And you said something really cool. And that is about um, training people, like instructing people. You're starting to get that opportunity, uh, you know, here again with uh, one, of, one of the people who's knocked my socks off in, in Jenny Santana. How did that come about where um, you got that opportunity and how impressed were you that she was able to, you know, start picking it up and, and get pretty far in that short time that she had until her first match, man? Uh, Jerry Bostick of World Class Revolution, uh, shout out to them, Yeah, uh, hit me up and said they were going to start up back again and they want to bring me back. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, in world class, uh, I was part of a Native American faction group uh, called Arrow Club, and we feuded like for a year and a half or two years against the Von Erics, uh, Marshall and Ross, the two sons of. Um, uh, I can't remember. Uh, please help me out. Um, Marshall and their Ross dad. was. Uh, with... That's oh shit! A... It it wasn't a brain part. It wasn't Kevin. Kevin. It was Kevin's Von kids, right? Kevin yeah. So uh i got we got to have fun with them and stuff and then unfortunately world class shut down for a period of time but now they start back up so um he hit me up about training a girl because uh i had experience training at uh future stars of wrestling and um i was like all right whatever i mean at first i didn't want to do it i didn't you know because i was concentrated more on me but then you know i just started thinking about it i was like you know what all right let's try um uh let's see what happens um and uh we met that day and then trained at the super beast compound shout out to them and um you know she it just came natural to her but again she's like a a world champion in jujitsu yeah. so i mean she's athletic yeah. right then and there and she has cardio for days and um you know we just she just decided that she wants to try it so i guess her uh her first match is December 11th, so she's just getting prepared for that. Um, unfortunately, due to my traveling schedule and stuff like that, um, 
we had to like not part ways but i have to go like i'm just so busy going here and there uh i'm not able to help her or give her the training that she really needs and stuff so she is uh training over i think with sin Bodhi now so that i mean he'll take good care of her and get her ready for um for her match in the in world class in december and uh i think it's irving texas so um but yeah man she's she's pretty cool i mean she's she does she uh I don't know how I don't know her dad, but I'm pretty sure like everyone's gonna say, you know, you just like you got your dad's work Catholic, so yeah. But you know, I I look, I wish her the best, and I hope uh, she gets she has she has a fun, cool debut. So yeah, no, it, and it was it was really nice to you you know see you get the opportunity to uh, to train uh, you know her because you do have the knowledge and and I think it's, it's nice that you're in a position too now where you can, you know, you were here, you could train her, but you've got the opportunities and you're, you know, you're traveling. So it's, it's understood that, you know, you have to uh, continue because you're not going to be able to do it forever. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. you're, you're in a prime state, man. I think that everything's starting to, to click um, to where this is, you know, now this is your, uh, your opportunity for that, you know, that career peak. Now you have the maturity and you have the understanding now. Um, yeah. What, one of the things I, I've always wanted to ask you about is how much did having a military background help you in you know, getting into the ring and um, was it something that it was easier to, uh, you know, sometimes a, uh, sometimes wrestling, the trainers can be essentially like drill instructors. And sometimes Mm -hmm. the kids walk into the door and, uh, you know, three hours later they're uh, puking and going, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. What was it like for you? Did you bring that experience to, you know, that um, walking in the door, getting in the ring from first time, doing all the, you know, the the cardio exercises and, and learning the ropes and the bumps? Was that something that you just kind of just was like, hey, man, if if I could survive boot camp, damn, I can do this. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but I was doing professional wrestling before I joined the army. No I think shit. I was like, wow. yeah, I was, I would think I was like three, four years in before I decided to go military. But, um, I got like, I feel like I got like a little bit of the old blast of the old school training where like they make you puke, make you bump and all that. And if you complain that you just, they send you home. Yeah. Like like when I remember when wrestling was like a secret club, whenever I first started, like everybody wanted to get in, you know? And uh, most of the time, some days I wish you would go, I wish you would go back to there. But again, like everything changes for a reason. I got to understand. And uh, we have to adapt to them. But I remember like, it was really hard. Like you fell down a lot, you bumped a lot, but you got tough. And then you got like, you, you, you worked hard. You got that work ethic and you didn't quit. You didn't, you know, the same thing. It wasn't, it wasn't basic. I mean, you know, um, I think we were the last ones before they started letting people have their cell phones or whatever. (laughs) So we never got our cell phones. We never, you know, got to call our parents on holidays or whatever. They would just say, Hey, uh, (laughs) go run. And like, all right, cool. You know, they got us mentally prepared, but, um, not like, it was it was really tough, really grueling, and uh, but I'm kind of glad I went through it because, you know, it it made me realize that life is hard, and you know, no matter what you got to do, you got to keep on pushing through. Otherwise, if you just give up, then what what are you here for? Why are you living? You know, yeah. and um, thankfully with that mentality and stuff, um, I've gotten a lot of cool opportunities. You know, I got to raise, wrestle people like. Sammy Callahan, people like Moose, Moose, Rick Swan, yeah, um, um, Mike Bennett. Um, I know this year alone, I got to wrestle uh, James Storm, 
Cowboy James Storm. Hell yeah. Uh, Ace Austin, the former Impact Division champion, X Division champion. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. I can't remember. I, I was going to, I was, uh, unfortunately, I was going to wrestle, uh, uh, I was going to wrestle Suicide and Shannon Moore at the same time, but that didn't get to happen, which sucked. Uh, uh, it just, it's, um, you know, a lot of good opportunities have been coming coming my way, and I've been working and busting my ass for them. So, yeah. and hopefully I can continue doing them. So, yeah. No, that's, that's uh, you know, and I think that's, you know, so important too that um, once that door opens and you get the opportunity to wrestle guys like that, that becomes your, uh, your calling card. Your, you know, for lack of a better sense, you're real where, you know, other promoters can check out and see, you know, how you worked with some of these guys who were established names. Um, like you said, you, you wrestled Moose. Moose just got the championship uh, in Impact. So, you know, yeah. it's not like you haven't you know gone against legitimate guys it's it's been you know such a cool up, up uphill battle to get up there um one more thing before we kind of uh start getting into um what happened a couple years ago um with uh with the passing of daphne um you know and we all have our own uh, inner demons we have stuff that we deal with uh, from our past um you know um you know myself i you know i've anxiety yeah, yeah. depression all that comes into play how do you think that uh, that idea of addressing mental health in pro wrestling which seems to now have a little bit of a ball rolling and the momentum starting to go how how do you feel that that's going to be able to potentially help yourself and help others um, who, you know, every once in a while you got to stop, you got to look and you just got to say, Hey, maybe I need a, you know, a little breather, or maybe I need a little help uh, with this, that, or the other. Um, what do you think about that situation now in wrestling where this door is starting, another door is starting to open up where it was a stigma for so many years? I think it's a good thing, man. Um, I think mental health needs to be brought up, especially in professional wrestling, because, I mean, I say this for myself, but we are all, I think all wrestlers are pretty messed up in their own head. And, um, you know, we use wrestling to get away or whatever yeah. in the real world or, you know, et cetera. But, you know, there's some wrestlers that have worse demons than others and, yeah. you know, have addictions and problems and stuff like that. Like for me, it's mainly uh, PTSD. Sure. and uh depression so that that alone right there that's very tough sometimes and uh i know with what happened back in the day like two years ago you know it, it i got alienated and it really fucked me up it fucked me up bad and i'm not trying to give a sob story i'm not trying to like you know get uh sympathy or whatever but i'm just telling the truth like it does mess with your head and other wrestlers bullying other wrestlers and you know being like on social media and stuff like that it does take a toll to you it does make you like think bad thoughts and make you do stupid stuff and yeah. um you know it just because it sucks because you, you think you have no one there and the ones that are there you know that are there for you you know i prayed i pray to I, I pray uh to my creator every day that i'm glad that i met my roommate uh crystal um shout out to her because she literally was the only one there that helped me through the whole thing and guided me and made me go on the right path for everything. And, uh, you know, there's other people too. Um, the other student that I'm training, I gotta, I gotta give him recognition too, Cameron, uh, Hartford. Um, yeah. Yeah, this yeah. kid, this kid has been teaching me a lot and, you know, like he has it worse than me. Like he literally has a mental uh, disability called Asperger's disease. And this kid is the most like positive, hardworking, determined kid. And, you know, me helping him and teaching him, like it just made me become a better person and understanding and having patience and stuff like that. And you know what he went through, I'm not going to say what goes on because yes. I don't, you know, like to ridicule or belittle anyone, but what he went through is way worse than, you know, what we can, you know, understand in professional wrestling but you know what he didn't complain he just trucked through and kept going and that yeah. like i envy him for that because he's he's that 
type of spirit or that type of person. So shout right. out to him. But, you know, I had them to help me out and it was nice. And, um, but like, you know, for the people that, you know, had this cancel culture stuff or whatever, you know, just remember like, yeah, you guys are, you know, doing stuff and trying to change the business, but you know, it affects people. Like it does, it, it messes with their minds. And, you know, I know like we've had what three suicides this year because of that. Yeah. All because of bullying and stuff, cyberbullying, and yeah. you know, it, it's very serious, it's dangerous, and you know, like I think um, I'm not one to commit suicide or think that I'm going to commit suicide or whatever, but I mean, I w- I will speak my mind and say, you know, I don't think that's right, and I don't think we should do that. And again, if we don't like the other person, then don't talk to them, don't have anything to do with them, Unblo- unfriend them, unblock them, do whatever you want. I don't. I don't think, you know, ridiculing or telling them about their personal life or what they did in their past, you know, just to sabotage a career or, you know, make make them stop help making money or their food or whatever, right. putting food on their table. I don't think that's the right answer in all reality. I think that's, you know, just a uh, I think that's just the concoction to make into a big, huge problem yeah. and, uh, and mentally. I feel like, you know, some people are not strong and can handle that. So, yeah, but I'm, I'm really glad that we got that self-aware of men, of the mental illness and mental, um, mental state in professional wrestling. And like, I've told people, you know, in professional wrestling that have like, you know, mental disabilities, just remember this, like if I can give you guys any advice, if you guys want to listen, but wrestling, professional wrestling is not going to go anywhere. Like, take care of your mental health. Take care of your body. Take care of your whatever you got to take care of. Wrestling's never going to leave you. It's always going to be there. Yeah. It's never it's never going to go away. I mean, if you need to take off for a couple months just to get your head clear, go do it. I encourage you. Go, go on a vacation. Get away from wherever you're at. You know, go find yourself. Go be happy. Yeah. And, um, you know, it'll always be here. It's never going to leave. Yeah. I promise you that. Like, Wrestling's not going to turn its back, yeah. but you know, uh, you know, our bodies and our minds are like the most important key thing, you know, right. you know, if we don't keep our body healthy, then we can't perform. If we don't keep our mind healthy, then we're going to go crazy and not be able to do what we love to do. And it's yeah. going to make it either bitter and sour. And you're not going to want to do it anymore, or you're just going to be, you know, happy and full of delusion and, you know, just make sure you get yourself straight and get that, that balance. Um, that's very, very important in my yeah. opinion. I th- yeah. I think that's, uh, you've, like you said, it's very important and it's something that, uh, you know, the, the other aspect of wrestling, especially when you're on the road is that, you know, a lot of times there's a lot of loneliness and, um, you know, being alone doesn't mean you are alone. And I think that's the biggest key there. Um, so, you know, we, we hit rewind a little bit here. Um, the speak out movement happened in uh, 2020 and, um, you know, you kind of got a little, uh, caught up in the web of, uh, what was going on. And, um, you know, you were at FSW and, uh, you were, asked to you know please you know go go on to other other pastures um and i think that uh fans uh have been wondering and and curious on what exactly happened and uh you know how you feel about everything as it went down i'm going to turn it over to you because this is your story brother so I know everyone on here wants to know like details, everything, et cetera, et cetera, and tell my side and, you know, this and that, and, you know, all right, <laughs> like screw it. But uh, honestly, like I said in past, like previous stuff that I've done, like on Facebook live and stuff like that, it's honestly no one's business. It's, it, it isn't, there's two sides to two, uh, two sides to the truth. And, um, you know, unfortunately, I feel like in this generation, you're guilty and too proven innocent and it sucks. But um, like uh, (laughs) I stand by what I say and it's nobody's fucking business. It isn't. It's nobody's 
damn business to know what happened behind the scenes. Like if you're a fan, stay a fan, you know, like you don't need to hear the drama. You don't need to, nobody needs to know anybody's laundry, dirty laundry, all that. Cause all it does is just cause drama and cause controversy and it's dumb. Like it's, it's unneeded and it's, I, I don't, you know, whatever. I'm not, I'm not going to say what happened. I'm not going to deny or, you know, admit or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm just simply going to say it's none of your business, plain and simple. Like I have nothing to hide. Like there's other people that did stuff. There's, you know, other stories, whatever, but I don't care. I'm just here to tell my story and to better my craft and, and, and try to perform in front of a 10,000 to 20,000 crowd or whatever. Like, it's just, nobody needs to know the drama and I don't want to get into any drama. I just want to do my thing and be content with it. And, you know, it is what it is. I'm just going to leave it at that. Final question for you. Go ahead. With everything that happened and where you are now, do you think that you've come out of this a more aware person, a better person, uh, in terms of your own perspective and your own drive and, you know, knowing that you had to basically, um, you know, start again from zero and, uh, you're on your way back up that ladder. Um, what would you say is, is your takeaway in terms of where you are now in your life? Right now, I think I'm more, I'm more content and more happy than when I was back then. I think, you know, I, I think I've came a long way and, you know, old habits die hard, don't get me wrong, but I think I've, you know, made me realize how, you know, how we got to understand someone's feelings and how they are and, you know, how sensitive and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, I mean, I think I became a better person and that's all that matters to me. Like no one's like, I can't change anybody who doesn't like me or thinks negative of me. It's like, someone told me this a long time ago. It's none of my business to know what you think of me, of me. If that makes sense. That does. So, yeah. I mean, I'm just going to keep going. I'm not going to lower myself and tell other people's business uh, or tell their stories or tell their faults. Like, that's not me. I don't need to do that. That's, that's not the way I'm raised. That's not the way I'm brought up. Sure. I mean, I'd rather, you know, I think I'm a good person and I know in my heart, I'm a good person. And to the people that love me for me and know who I am, they'll actually know Kyle and not Hawk. Like you're actually, yeah, no Kyle. And, but like separate Hawk and Kyle from the same person like they know how I am and they know that like I'm a good person. So I, I think I am, but to the ones that don't believe it, I mean, I can't change your mind. I'm just going to be respectful and, you know, go my way. You don't want me near you. Cool. Whatever. I mean, that's fine. I understand. I'm just going to go my own path while you go down yours. But if you need my help or whatever, you need anything. Don't hesitate to ask because I will gladly help you guys, whatever it is. So, and, and speaking of, uh, you know, uh, don't hesitate to ask, uh, what is your social media handles so people uh, can get a hold of you uh, or follow you to see uh, what's going on with your career? All right, cool, man. Uh, like I said, YouTube, Kyle Hawk, uh, like, subscribe, uh, or not like my videos, whatever. <laughs> uh, on Twitter, you can call, you can follow me at SVGE99. Uh, Facebook Kyle Hawk and my Instagram. Uh, it is Bird of Prey 99. Uh, if you guys can, I have like 5,000 friends on Facebook. If I can get some friends on that Instagram from that 5,000, because I got 1,500, that would pretty much help me out, man. I would really appreciate it. And uh, do you have a, a merch site as well? I have Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, I think it's under Savage Hawk, I believe. Uh, check them out. Um, if not, I, um, if you guys want to message me about shirts and stuff, cause I know you've seen them, you're interested yeah, in them. Yeah. You know, I got those whole new, uh, hats now and stuff like that, but yeah. usually I sell a lot 
traveling on the road. So just catch me at a show and stuff like that. So awesome, brother. Well, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you, uh, you know, talking over some very important topics uh, today. And, uh, you know, uh, it's it's great to see you enjoying yourself for now, which is something that you could tell you had a, a problem with. And now it's like, hey, man, you know, uh, it's it's interesting. You're looking out for you, but at the same time, you're looking out for others. And that is exactly what professional wrestling and life should be about. And man, that's that's just great. And uh, I hope that anyone listening and, and following, uh, you know, us, um, follow Kyle, watch his journey because it's just, it's incredible to see when a person when everything starts clicking and you know that you have the talent, you have the determination and now you have that key. And uh, like you said, we don't want to give away too much of that key, but it's great to see. Uh, and if you guys want to expand your wrestling and study, study Kyle, see what he does. Um, if you're looking to get into wrestling, you're in the Vegas area and Kyle is around you know at least reach out to him get some of his knowledge because i think a lot of times that doesn't happen people don't grab the knowledge and uh it's it's very important and uh we're glad that you joined us kyle um man keep it up brother and uh anytime anytime man you're more than welcome and, uh i do got one thing to say yeah uh for you guys like always like how matt said please follow me i think you guys should follow me because one like your people did screw my people over. So the least you can do instead of giving us pieces of land back or whatever, the least you can do is like, listen to this podcast and follow my story. I mean, come on, buy some merch, you know, help support a native American. I'm just saying you took my land. The least you guys can do. Uh, no, um, again, thank you, Matt. Thank you. Uh, Vegas, uh, bad boys podcast for having me on. I appreciate it. I can't wait to do another one, man. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Absolutely. Everyone tuning in. Thank you so much, man. And uh, thank you again for following us and uh, liking our stuff and sharing our stuff. And until next time, everyone take care. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting.